You're listening to People First, the Hyde Park Angels podcast dedicated to deconstructing entrepreneurial success and actionable takeaways you can use today. Hyde Park Angels is the most active early stage investor in Chicago with a commitment to taking a people first approach to investing. By matching our members' expertise and our entrepreneurs' needs, we help develop top performing companies that are delivering extraordinary results. I'm your host, Pete Wilkins, Managing Director here at HPA. Enjoy the show. Good day. It's Peter Wilkins, uh, the Managing Director of Hyde Park Angels, and I'm here with Hardik Bot. Hardik, how are you doing this morning? Doing very well, Pete. Uh, happy to be here with you. Fantastic. So if you could do me a favor, um, and just for all of our listeners today, give them uh, your current title and role, and then we'll get into your background, okay? Definitely, Pete. So I uh, currently I am the Chief Digital Officer and Acting Secretary for the Department of Innovation and Technology for the state of Illinois. Wow, that's an impressive role for sure. Harik, you know, before we get into our discussion today, I think it would be fantastic to give our listeners uh, a little view into your incredible background. So if you could give them your story from perhaps uh, a few decades ago or wherever you'd like to start and bring that to today. What I've done is I've uh, seamlessly moved between uh, the public sector and the private sector over the last couple of decades. Uh, predominantly a private sector person, uh, but have really loved spending time with and, and in the public sector. Uh, as I said, currently I'm with the state of Illinois. I'm leading a major digital transformation uh, for our governor and for our state. Um, we have been able to bring our uh, great state of Illinois in national digital rankings from the bottom fourth uh, which it used to be in most of the good rankings in the bottom uh, portion of the rankings. Which is bad, um, right? Which is bad. Yep. And in the last two years, we have been able to bring it up to the top third. Awesome. Uh, bracket of the, the uh, digital states. Um, but then also, beyond that, as a chief digital officer, I'm also looking at the future and seeing uh, the new disruptive technologies that are coming down the pike are already here, like the artificial intelligence, robotics, blockchain, uh, self-driving vehicles, uh, machine learning. What is the impact of all of these technology uh, on the future of our economy and future of work? Uh, so how do you, uh, as a state, enable our industry for a faster adoption of automation, but at the same time, making sure that you're not creating a mass unemployment because uh, industry is becoming more productive, so working with them to upskill our current workforce and bring the ne next generation workforce with the right skills that are needed for the future of economy. So building a strategy for that to bring Illinois uh, in one of the top 10 states uh, in the country. Um, beyond that, uh, just running the day-to-day -day technology operations for the state uh, is also my day job. So I've got a billion-dollar technology organization with 1,500 people that uh, I steer and we build uh, latest and greatest technology for uh, improving the customer service that the state provides and also improving the employee efficiency here. Uh, That's a pr you got a lot on your plate for sure, but I think that you were you, what would be great for the listeners to kind of get an understanding is you're, you're in a unique position to be at the helm of the state with this massive transformation into automation based on your background as absolutely. well. Um, and I think that, you know, that becomes your experience of what you had done previously, I'm sure, is extremely applicable as well. So Definitely, Pete. And that's exactly so when I got the call from the governor and I started working with the state, 
within the first month, I realized that what I was doing at Cisco, what I was doing at the city of Chicago, what I was doing at Oracle, all of that is directly applicable to what, in terms of uh, transformation we want to do at this stage. So previously, before I got this uh, fine phone call from our governor uh, that he wants somebody to lead transformation, I was with Cisco. And Cisco um, uh, was building new business uh, around smart cities, and we called it Smart and Connected Communities. Uh, they started since 2008. I joined them in 2010. Uh, for the early part of my Cisco career, I led the business development for the Americas. So I spent a lot of time uh, in Brazil, uh, preparing Brazil as the country to host the 2014 FIFA Soccer World Cup. Uh, so we would work with developers uh, and uh, uh, service providers uh, to prepare these stadiums and the surrounding towns for being a, a good host yeah. for with technology uh, for mm. the Soccer World Cup. And then also, the irony here is... As the CIO of the city of Chicago, I was on the committee uh, or the team that pitched to the International Olympic Committee about Chicago hosting 2016 Olympic uh, Olympics and Paralympic. Well, we and must, you must have had a little conflict where you're like, maybe I'll sabotage <laughs> Brazil just to make sure Chicago should have won that type of uh, scenario. I really, I mean, we, are, we worked hard for Chicago to win it, but right. Rio won it. And here I am, 2012, 2011, <laughs> 2012, spending all my time in Rio preparing Rio for the 2016 Olympics. I also spent time... Uh, sometime in London, preparing London for the 2012 Olympics. So the idea was, you know, basically using technology for uh, environmentally sustainable, economic sustainable, um, socially sustainable development in these cities, working with the real estate developers. Uh, so using the latest and greatest Cisco technologies. And around late 2012, uh, then CEO and chairman John Chambers uh, started uh, focusing on building this new industry called, we called it Internet of Everything. But it's basically uh, IoT or Internet of Things. Uh, Cisco added people, process, and data to that to call it IOE. And uh, because I was uh, uh, sitting right at the crux of uh, or the confluence of uh, technology and public sector in smart cities, um, I was asked to kind of lead the global market development for IoT for public sector. And again, I worked in 40 global cities in those five years with Cisco in 19 different countries. Whether it's Barcelona, Hamburg, Jakarta, Copenhagen, Dubai, Rio, Chicago, San Francisco, the idea is technology is not there for the technology's sake. Technology is there to solve a business problem. Mm -hmm. So if it is Barcelona, intelligent urbanization, if it is Hamburg, uh, port logistics, if it is Jakarta, flood management or traffic management. So each city had their own set of uh, challenges that we used technology uh, to solve. And the idea was economic development and a solving problem for government efficiency and improved customer service. And that's exactly what we are doing now here at uh, the state of Illinois. But you know, as uh, working with Cisco, I also helped Cisco's corporate development team to find the right investment opportunities in the IoT market. So we created a dedicated $150 million IoT fund uh, in 2013. And we looked at the right opportunities where we can invest uh, strategically as well as financial uh, for, for balance sheet, but mainly for strategic uh, investment. Uh, and that led me to you, to Hyde Park Angels. And I'm like, this is very cool. I mean, investing and, and helping a portfolio company grow, find the right opportunities is probably very satisfactory and lots of fun while doing getting this satisfaction. So that led me to uh, joining Hyde Park Angels in 2014. Yeah, well, we were lucky to have you join for sure. And I think that, you know, as the listeners kind of process this, the one thing that 
you weren't able to capture in your background description is you really led Chicago to be the number one or among top three smart cities in the country um, as your role as the CIO of the city, too. Am I correct? That is correct. Uh, I pioneered the Smart Chicago program, which became the national model uh, for rest of the cities uh, in the U.S. This is, I'm talking way back in 2007, 2008 timeframe when, when, when smart cities were just uh, in a very nascent uh, uh, scenario. I like the word pioneer. It makes it sound like you were the grandfather of IoT in Chicago. So, at thirty-five, right? Well, you're a good-looking guy. Grandfather is good. <laughs> <laughs> um, in this, in this, in this respect, it certainly is. So, in framing this up and moving forward, what I would say is, you know, you were on the cutting edge of looking at how problems could be solved with technology in in the city of Chicago. You were able to take that firsthand experience and apply that to your role at Cisco and look at it from a global perspective. Once again, rolling up your sleeves, but you also added the additional dimension that you were able to invest as well. So you were starting to wear a couple of different hats. And that led you back into your CIO role in the state of Illinois, which we're doing just in the short time you've been in this role, based on your experience and the people that you're working with, you've transformed the state to be among the top um, states in the country that are really looking at how we can solve problems. And, and I think that the, the gamut was really interesting that I heard you explain from controlling floodwaters to managing traffic to really having a clear understanding of where there might be issues in, in the public domain that need to be addressed by municipal services. Mm -hmm. And so that you get the sense of the power of IoT. And, you know, I think that with that heartache, when you put your hat, like, uh, let, me, let me back up. It, you, you can wear many hats. Um, and so and when you wake up in the morning and you look at all the different hats that you've worn, if I said, okay, today's your magic day, Hardik, you get to wear your favorite hat. In that whole experience, what IoT hat do you put on? What, do you, what, what problems do you like to solve with technology? You know, technology has a tremendous power as uh, is, is it comes to solving problem applied, if applied in the right, uh, applied in the right manner. Uh, my favorite is uh, because I've spent a lot of time um, in the public sector, uh, not just in the urban environment, but also urban-rural. I've spent a lot of time in healthcare. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in education. Uh, so urban tech, uh, healthcare, transportation, and education are the four areas where I see a tremendous uh, possibility of uh, efficiency gains uh, and improved uh, services to its stakeholders uh, through the use of IoT. And so if you ask me to wear uh, of my favorite hat in the morning, I would wear a hat where uh, I'm taking IoT uh, technology and solving generation-old problems uh, in, in these sectors. And, and if you look at the problems that you are solving, what do you think is the most important to solve first? Like if you had to stack rank uh, across those verticals and within one vertical, what is the, what is the must-solve problem out there? There are many of those, Pete. It's very hard to put uh, your finger on just one thing. I mean, again, prioritization happens with multiple different factors. Uh, if you think about, you know, healthcare, that's where our country spends probably the most am amount of money after defense. Uh, but then outcomes are not that great. Uh, that's happening because 
uh, we are not we are we are collecting a lot of uh, variables data. Uh, we are we have great uh, uh, medic, uh, medi medical breakthroughs that we have seen uh, in the equipment side, in the uh, medicine side. Uh, we haven't been able to really uh, use all of that data, especially the patient data, uh, healthcare data. Uh, analyze them, build analytics on top of it to start solving longer-term problem, uh, precision medicine, uh, focusing on in that area. And I think um, uh, the developments um, through IoT, hardware, software, services, analytics, uh, is going to fundamentally change that in the next five years. So I, th I would say uh, healthcare is really poised. I would, I would put that at one of the, as one of the top uh, three to five uh, problems that we need to solve, and IoT has the ability to solve them, and you are seeing a huge uptick in um, in that area. Let me interject something, and then we'll get to your second uh, topic you were going to speak to, but I'm going to actually, you, you got to choose your hat, and now I'm going to give you a hat that you need to wear. Um, from a CIO perspective for the state of Illinois, what have you seen either Illinois or other states do in the IoT arena that has been transformational? For the federal government, that is the biggest one is in the defense. But I'll fo uh, focus on civilian use cases. Uh, and the topmost is uh, around transportation. So what we have seen, uh, various uh, state transportation departments or even the city uh, transportation department uh, or even at the U.S. DOT level, uh, we have seen significant use of technology in our roadways. Uh, why? Uh, because one, traffic is probably one of the, if you ask any uh, mayor, any governor, you know, traffic remains one of the top five issues that they always grapple with. They need to make sure. The second one is uh, vehicular safety. So driver safety is the other thing uh, that remains on the top of uh, everybody's list. Um, then uh, we, with the automated vehicles coming, uh, with the kind of platooning of the trucks or mm -hmm. level five autonomous trucks that are coming, uh, and then the self-driving vehicles that are coming in, uh, you need to have a robust communication happening between the road and the vehicle itself uh, so that you can direct the vehicle in the right direction. So uh, one of the uh, prime examples in Illinois, uh, I don't know if you have driven lately on I-90, Jane Adams Tollway between O'Hare and uh, Elgin. Uh, what a magnificent drive that is. Tremendous, <laughs> right? In the right. last um, uh, three years, they have completely resurfaced that road. So now uh, from the surface, you would feel like now the road's wider and uh, you know lanes are better. Uh, but beneath that, uh, the Illinois Tollway has put uh, enough power and fiber that would last for next 30 years. So we don't have to dig the road to put more fiber or power in there. Uh, if you see every... Uh, mile, you will see those overhead signs per lane. Uh, what that is, is every lane, uh, there'll be in, uh, instruction for that particular lane that will be readable by a self-driving vehicle, which will tell instruct you uh, what speed you should be driving. If there is an accident ahead, it'll, tell your, it'll tell the vehicle to move into a left or the right lane so that traffic can continue moving in the right way. Uh, that road now emits so much data uh, uh, that now Tollway has uh, maintenance vehicles that are now outfitted with uh, reading that data with sensors, and they are capturing that data, shipping it to the Federal Highway Authority database, and they are analyzing that to, to see what, what is happening. So it is basically Autobahn of Germany, only at 55 <laughs> miles per hour. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I've never really thought of that stretch of highway to be the Audubon, but listening to it's clearly the Audubon of IoT. It is. Uh, so that that is really great insights because when you think about just the importance of transportation and then you layer in logistics, which are two of our investment themes at Hyde Park Angels as well, um, it really becomes staggering that the states are really starting to get out in front of that to enable uh, these autonomous vehicles, which is impressive. So you, you mentioned that's happening in our state. Is that happening in 50 out of 50 states, 20 out of 20 states? What are some statistics to give us a sense of how far we've actually come and how far do we need to go? Uh, it's uh, Michigan, obviously, uh, is the leading state in there. Uh, no wonder, you know, the major motor industry is in Michigan. Take that, California. Michigan, number one. Uh, California is not far behind, too. Yeah, I'm uh, sure California has, um, I mean, each of these uh, states, when it comes to government, Pete, uh, technology generally is not an issue. It's the regulations mm -hmm. uh, that are the issues. Uh, so those states that are uh, forward-thinking in regulatory, uh, in, in fixing the regulatory environment for the upcoming technology, always end up taking leadership position in there. So uh, one of the uh, very, very, uh, I'd say, uh, fast-growing technology is blockchain. Uh, and it, blockchain is, on the surface, doesn't look like it is connected to IoT, but it is going to change how IoT or the, how the sensors, how the... Uh, security and trust it's going to happen uh, take uh, take place no oh, really uh, in IOT so do you and I'm going to interrupt you for one second so is are, are you taking a leadership position that blockchain is going to be transformational in this and is that shared with a lot of your counterparts CIOs across the country or are you already in a group of folks that already believe this Illinois is taking leadership position in blockchain all right so we already have established ourselves as uh, uh, the number two states in terms of uh, activity that is happening in blockchain at the state government level, Delaware uh, is number one in Delaware just because there are so many corporations registered in Delaware. And blockchain has a direct applicability in uh, keeping those uh, 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 registration records. Uh, so Delaware kind of went ahead very, very fast last year. And we started working on that and we have a three-pronged strategy on that. We are going to have uh, at least three to five proofs of concept to see the application of blockchain within uh, the state government. We also have uh, sandbox environments uh, where entrepreneurs and companies are testing out blockchain. We have a, a dedicated business liaison that's helping entrepreneurs uh, in building blockchain business, and we also are working with the industry to understand the regulatory impact of blockchain as well as of digital currency. So how do we regulate as opposed to stifle the innovation, enable the innovation? So we uh, entered uh, global blockchain ranking uh, at uh, in, in top five, mm -hmm. uh, the first time those rankings came out. Uh, and we are now looking to also, uh, we've been working very closely with the World Economic Forum uh, on kind of looking at uh, globally what's happening in blockchain and multiple other technologies uh, and, and what kind of uh, global policies are being thought of yeah, uh, in this you know, area. That is, that is really intriguing. I think that for our listeners out there, if you look at uh, the majority of, of those that are listening, I bet you they didn't really see the connection between blockchain and IoT, but you really painted a clear picture. And I think that it's great to hear that our state is out in front um, on a number of those initiatives. So 
you definitely have had the experience to kind of look at what has happened historically in this area. Let me, this, and I know that um, I'm asking you to wear a lot of hats, but now I'm going to ask you to uh, wear uh, a fortune teller type of hat to foresee the future for us. What do you think the trends as an, as an investor, as a um, corporate executive, what are the top one to three trends that are going to happen in the next five years that will transform the way we view the world? The key trend is um, use of data. So we've been all talking about uh, rear view analytics. We are talking about real-time analytics. We are talking about predictive analytics. Um, it's really taking off now. So um, just the use of data, how it is used for decision-making, how it is used for real-time uh, decision-making. But then uh, getting that data in the real time is where we use IoT, and uh, you'll see an explosion of sensors uh, uh, connected uh, and putting, getting into things. There are companies that are making it easier to connect your things. There are companies that are entrepreneurs, basically. Like Zaptum, would that be an uh, example? There is a company called Hologram that's making it easier to connect your sensors. There's a company, the Zaptum. Uh, is is not only connecting uh, your sensors but also providing you a very secure pipe, mm -hmm. uh, basically a dedicated software-defined WAN uh, for your enterprise. Uh, it's security, IoT security is going at the chip level. Mm -hmm. uh, so the issues that you have been seeing around uh, hacking your 10 million devices and bringing a DN like uh, uh, creating a, a worldwide DDoS attacks, mm -hmm. those things are going to get uh, really uh, down, reduced significantly because of the way these developers are building this technology. So uh, companies will trust much more in expanding their sensor uh, kind of uh, strength across uh, their enterprise. So you'll start seeing much more real-time data coming into your analytics platforms that you can start analyzing and building. On the other hand, what you'll start seeing is the use of artificial intelligence that would be put in things like drones or put, put back in the sensors that would start making taking some uh, ind individual independent decisions, real-time decisions without a human oh. intervention. So you'll see a circular loop, a positive circular loop of uh, efficiency creation uh, through real-time data collection, through analytics, and through AI. And that's going to then be used in, in other uh, kind of specific industries uh, to gain automation, gain efficiency. I get it. So the idea that the fact that we have all these sensors out there that are collecting all this data, and now we're going to be able to process it in a way that it becomes intelligent, and not only is that intelligence going to be fed to humans, but the artificial intelligence is going to allow all types of different applications and platforms to start making decisions that will be f real time mm -hmm. and ultimately will learn from those decisions to continuously improve them. Well, Absolutely. watch out, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there are, there are, uh, we are going to see a significant change um, in, in the next five years. So if you, if you read the book from Thomas Friedman, thank you for being late. Uh, what he says in there is that in the last 10 years, we have seen a significant speed of innovation that has increased. Uh, so before it used to take a century to, uh, for an innovation to get innovated and then go from one part of the world to the other part of the world, mm -hmm. that has shrunk significantly. You invent something now and because of cloud mobility and bandwidth and everything else that you have, within seconds, minutes, that innovation makes its way to India, something that is innovated here and, the, and vice versa. Humankind, human race, is not used to this kind of a pace of change. 
uh, it, it, we are generally, you know, by the time an in invention is invented and it becomes uh, a real life use case for us, and that significantly changes the world around us, uh, it used to take 10, 15, 20 years. Now it's taking like five years. Right. Uh, and we are not used to changing that fast as a race. Uh, so the key thing is, yes, technology is going to change the world around us. The question is, as humankind, as human race, are we going to adapt ourselves to start getting, start changing to that pace? We need to. Uh, sometimes you feel, uh, you know, time's moving very fast. Right. It's just because we are chasing our tail to make sure that we keep up with the pace of change that's happening. Uh, so newer learning models uh, will also emerge as, as we go forward. Uh, the whole K through 12, then college, like K to 20 model that we have all been used to in terms of learning uh, is also going to significantly get impacted. We'll still have K-12, we'll still have college, but then there'll be a lot more continuous learning uh, that will need to happen. So you'll see a lot more uh, continuous learning platforms that will start coming up. Uh, you know, Khan Academy's got something, edix.org has that. Uh, so lots of those platforms will now start emerging, but then also drilling it down to where I want to know this particular technology, this particular thing, that so that I can get the next job. You'll see more of those things yeah. uh, happening. I think I think you kind of touched at the very beginning is that we need to be conscious of how we're using technology because it's going to disrupt how humans are behaving mm -hmm. um, and how they're employed and how they're educated and their healthcare, and that there needs to be a conscious um, process in which we think through that change and how technology will complement, and then how can we evolve, is what you were saying at the end. And I think that those, those insights um, have been fantastic, Hardik. and I think that, you know, if I were to summarize, and I'd ask you to confirm this as we wrap up, but, you know, I think that what I heard you touch on through our, our program today is that the Internet of Things is here. Um, the future is you're going to see all of the critical industries as we know, from healthcare to education to transportation to manufacturing will transform. The feedback loop from the data is going to evolve into a process where we're going to be much more intelligent, both from the human side and also using technology to drive efficiency and solutions. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that um, based on today, we have gotten, uh, you were talking about 10 years and five years or what have you, but I think we got about 20 years of knowledge in about 20 minutes, and I really appreciate that. So in closing, Hardik, um, was my summary accurate, or is there something that you think that we'd want to bolt on to that as we uh, close the show today? Your summary was quite accurate, Pete. What I would add to that is uh, most of the researchers, uh, Forrester, McKinsey, Gartner, IDC, all of them are projecting um, anywhere between 16% uh, to 32% CAGR growth in the IoT market, in the hardware, software, uh, services. Uh, so it, it, is a, it is a very uh, robust market to invest in right now because it's still growing uh, for, for the uh, venture capitalists out there uh, or the private equity firms that are looking for some key portfolio investments that they want to make, even for the corporate venture teams that are looking to invest strategically. I think the time is now uh, for them to invest in IoT. Uh, the time is now for them to find the right uh, uh, experts uh, that, that can take them and propel the growth. Uh, and there are now uh, enough expertise out there in the market that will be able to take this growth uh, and make it a reality. So. 
I'd yeah. say IoT's time is now. Yeah, and I think that we're lucky to have your expertise in IoT as a part of Hyde Park Angels, our ability to source and support our portfolio companies. And it was an honor to have you in today, Hardik, and really appreciate it. Thank you. It was my fun, Pete. Thank you very much.